Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. God told the people of Israel their love for him was like the dew on the grass. Read earlier in the chapter in Hosea chapter 6 and you'll see this. God told the people of Israel their love for him was like dew on the grass. It was there for a brief moment, but then it was gone. And the point that God was making was that he wanted his people to have an affection for him and each other. And he does not want people doing their own religious duties and forgetting to be merciful to each other. Fast forward to the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Matthew 23, 23 and 24. Are you listening? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law. And what are the weightier matters, saints? Justice, mercy, and faith. These, Jesus goes on to say, you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out. You get that picture? Jesus is so descriptive. Jesus was the best teacher ever. Somebody once said, Jesus was a storytelling man. You strain out a gnat. Can you, can you get that picture in your mind, somebody straining out a gnat? You, get, you ever get it? This is really gross, okay? You ever get like a gnat that like fly in your mouth, like a little gnat, and you're like, ah. I'm trying to be like Jesus, a storytelling man. And... Uh, Jesus said, you strain out of the net and you swallow a camel. Real simple. If you want to be blessed, you must show mercy. You must make war against legalism. You must make war against religiosity. Listen, saints, you must make war against worldliness. Did you hear me? The world is trying to divide the church. The world is divided. We are living in a time where I don't remember when this country was more divided on more issues than ever before. And my, somebody clap your hands if I'm right about it. We are so divided on everything. We are so divided on so many things we don't even know what to say about anything. I don't know whether to call, they don't know whether to call you African-American or black. I seen an interview person and they went, African-lack. <laughs> I'm like, hold it. We don't know. Or, or all of the various issues, God help me, I don't want to get involved in getting all down that path. But there's so many issues. People, we are so divided in our country and we are letting 
the world affect the church. We as a church cannot allow, we must make war on worldliness. And that is allowing the world to come in the church and divide this church. We are the people of God. We are one people. We are not a black people. We are not a white people. We're not an Indian people. We're not an Asian people. We're not a Hispanic people. We're not a brown people, a black people, a white people. We are Jesus people. We are Jesus people. Somebody need to clap like you mean it. And we can't let the world come in and change that and divide us on that and bring worldliness. You got to take war. Listen, when you become a Christian, it is war on worldliness. When you're in the workplace, it's war on worldliness. Standing around the world, the water cooler, and they telling the off-color jokes and carrying on. I know how it is. I spent 13 years in the Navy. You ever heard cuss like a sailor? Well, that's what I lived in. And then every Monday, everybody's telling jokes and carrying on and, 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 and off-color jokes. And you know what? You don't laugh at that. You're a Christian. You're different. Take war on worldliness. How do you do that? When they're telling the off-color jokes, you know what you do? You just walk away and go sit at your desk. Don't grab your Bible and start holding it up and waving them and rebuking them. And rebuke. Cause some of y'all you know, take what I'm saying and run out this door and go, our pastor said we need to rebuke you! <laughs> you sinners! I ain't saying that, but I'm saying that just go sit down. Don't stand there and they, they tell off-color joke. And, and don't get me wrong, man. I'm going to keep 100. Something, it, it could be funny. <laughs> it could be funny. Y'all know me. I'm a clown. So if I hear something funny, I'm a big of a I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> And just go sit down. I'm not, I don't want to partake. You know, you don't stand there and yuck it up with the world. I remember when I was working at First FSSG, it was an office area. And man, they had something every single weekend. They coming in, oh, we did this, we turned up, we did this, we did that, and this, that, and the other. And I, I didn't partake of none of, no, I wasn't doing that. I was a believer, and I was going to live as a believer. And I was the only believer in that office. And I read my Bible and stayed by myself. And then I had Bible study. And I would, I, would, I would live as best I could for the Lord. I don't want to be a part of that worldliness. And you know, at first they laugh at you. Oh, well, you think you holier than thou, huh? No, not really. I just, I, I just ain't, you know, I just ain't trying to do all that, you know. Then after a while... They, had given, they gave me a name. They gave me a name. They used to call me Deacon. They used to call me Deacon because I, I, all I did was read the Bible, mind my business, serve the Lord, read, you know, lunch break, I go to my car. They called me Deacon. And then they used tongue-in-cheek mocking me. But you know what? Guess what? When trials come, and they will. When tribulations come, and they will. When life comes at you, and life comes at you fast, and it does. Guess who they're going to call first? Deacon. That's exactly right. 
that's that that's exactly who they gonna call for. Hey, hey Deacon, uh, hey Deacon, uh, okay, hey, can you uh like uh send up a prayer for the like the man upstairs? I'm like, what? Who's upstairs? Hey, we don't even have upstairs in this building. What are you talking about? <laughs> I used to get, I give him a hard time. Look at my man upstairs. What do you mean, the man upstairs? And why are you talking so low? <laughs> well, you know. I, 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 well, you know, can you, can you, you know, can you just say, like, like, you know, send one up for me? Send one up to where? We're in the office. I'm, I'm getting out. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, pray for me. Oh, you want me to pray, pray for you? Pray, huh? I ain't hear you. Pray for you? Yeah, pray for me. Pray. pray for you? Pray for you. Yeah, pray for you. Okay, sure, I'll be happy to pray for you. Let's pray now. See, when life comes at you and life comes at you fast, when you hold a witness and when you take war on worldliness and hold your place as a Christian, they will eventually come to you for, for and then you'll have an opportunity to share Christ with them. Sometimes a witness and an example and a testimony doesn't come with you just walking up to people going, hey, do you know the Lord? Sometimes you got to walk that thing out for a while so people can see that you are serious about God, that you know God, and that y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Y'all know what I'm talking about. That you know God and that you love God and then you'll have that opportunity to share with them. Devote your life to what Jesus calls weightier matters, justice, faith, and mercy. Now listen, three of Paul's 13 letters that he wrote, he wrote grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now men's ministry, you know this, I'm gonna move a little bit quicker. Grace and peace are often called Siamese twins. Got a pen? Got a pen? Keep up with me. Grace is God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor. Somebody once said that grace is the most beautiful word in the Bible. And peace. Peace is the Hebrew word shalom. Listen, peace doesn't mean I hope you don't get in trouble. It means I hope you have all the highest good coming your way. Understand biblical peace does not mean the absence of trouble. You may be in the midst of a great trial and still have biblical peace. Biblical peace is a peace that only Jesus can give. I need two saints to say amen. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. John 14, 27. Jesus is talking about a supernatural peace. It's a peace the Lord gives Christians, a peace the world can't take away. Philippians 4, 7. It's a peace, memory verse, that passes all understanding that will rule your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Paul said grace, peace, and mercy. The Greek word for mercy is elios, E-L-E-O-S, E-L-E-O-S. It means compassion and long-suffering when it's in your power to punish. You have compassion and long-suffering when it's in your power to punish. The Hebrew word is hesed, spelled C-H-E-S-E-D. The C is silent. Hesed, or mercy, is also translated in English long-suffering. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, through the Lord's mercy and loving kindness, we are not consumed. Mercy is also translated loving kindness. 
Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, through, through the Lord's mercies and loving kindness, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 36, 7, how precious is your loving kindness, mercy, O God, and the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 42, 8, the Lord will command his loving kindness and mercy in the daytime and in the nighttime his song will be with me. Psalm 63, 3, your loving kindness and mercy is better than life. My lips will praise you. Psalm 69, 16. Answer me, O Lord, for your loving kindness and mercy is good. According to the greatness of your compassion, turn to me. Simply, grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And justice is getting what you do deserve. Now, raise your hand if you want justice. I didn't think so. Raise your hand if you want mercy. That's what I thought. And because we want mercy, we need to be willing to give and show mercy. Who can think of mercy and not think of Mother Teresa? It was 1946. Mother Teresa's life changed forever. While riding a train to, mountain, to a mountain town of Darjeeling to recover from suspected tuberculosis on the 10th of September, she said that she received a calling from God to serve among the poorest of poor. Well, less than a year later, she moved to Kolkata slums to set up her first school. In 1950, she created the Missionaries of Charity, a religious order of nuns. To identify herself with the poor, she chooses to wear a plain white sari and a blue border and a simple cross pinned on her left shoulder. With the help of Kolkata officials, she converted a portion of an abandoned Hindu temple into a home for the dying dying where even the poorest of poor could die with dignity. You see, in India, listen to me, look at me, please. In India, when someone is going to die and there's nothing they can do for them, they put them in a room, a cold cement room on a bed with a mattress that thin and they leave them to die. That's normal protocol in India. There was a boy. If you've been around here, Calvary Chapel, you know. There was a boy named Banu Pradesh. Banu Pradesh was a little boy in India who had HIV and AIDS. Um, so many years ago, I think around 06, there was a couple going to India in our church, and they were going pretty regularly. And I decided, I, they asked me if I want to go with them, and I said, sure, I'll go with you, why not? And um, I went, and my first week there, I hated it. Hated it, the smells. Literally got off the plane at the airport, walked out the door of the airport, and there are children lying on the ground with rotted limbs. You don't know how blessed you are. People complain about this country. I encourage you, take one trip to another country and you will come back to this country and kiss the ground you walk on. You don't walk outside 
That's the first thing I see. The smells, the traffic, it's awful. I knew that we were going to go visit. Those of you who've been around here long enough, you know this, you know where I'm going with this. I knew I was going to go visit the HIV, it was called the Freedom Foundation for Orphan Children with AIDS. I knew I was going to go visit there on my trip. So while I was at Walmart one day, I stopped and I bought uh, a turkey beanie baby. Y'all remember beanie babies? You remember the beanie babies? Everybody was beanie baby crazy. And I bought a turkey, multicolored turkey beanie baby. I threw it in my luggage and went on to India. The next week we go to, I was there for a week. The next week we go to the Freedom Foundation and I walk in the door and I see this little boy sitting in a, in a chair. First thing I seen, first thing that hit my eyes, a little boy sitting in a chair and he had on a multicolored shirt, you know, yellow, orange, red, and blue. And um, I thought, well, God, you must want me to give him the multicolored turkey beanie baby. So I gave it to him. And he didn't speak Hindi. Not all Indian people speak Hindi, by the way. Uh, he spoke Telugu, which is the mother tongue of the state of Andhra Pradesh. I gave him the turkey beanie baby. He's a cute little boy. I showed you pictures. Remember Candace? And uh, I picked him up and I sat in the chair holding him. I don't think I ever put that little boy down. Ever. That was 05. So many years go by and I, I hear that he's sick and near death. Um, I, at that time, we as a church had taken him on almost as our son. Everybody who attended this church at that time knew about Banu Pradesh. Am I right about it? Y'all knew about Banu Pradesh. We took him on as our son. And, and, and I would send clothes there. Every time I went there, I took care of him. I did, we, we just took care of him, as well as the Freedom Foundation. We did a lot of work there. We, we just had a lot of things, too much to tell you. And so I um, was holding him, and I smelled this smell from him. And I said to the lady that was caretaking, I said, what is that smell? And she told me that he had HIV, and he had an infection of the brain stem. And that infection was coming out of his ear. And they put cotton in his ear. And I have a medical background, for those of you that don't know. I don't talk about it much, but I have a medical background. That's the last thing you want to do is put cotton in the ear of uh, 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 you know, something that, that is oozing and, and leaking. But anyway, I, I held him in. Came back to the States and I heard years would go on and I, I heard that he was dying. And I literally stopped what I'm doing. I'm on a plane in two days because I, I knew that he was going to die. We had sent him to every doctor we could. We had sent him to Bangladesh where the better doctors are. Uh, we had done everything that we could. I knew that he was going to die. And so I, um, when they told me that, that he was near death, I 
drop what I'm doing. I got the first plane out. I took off to India. It takes 28 hours to get there. I took off to India, and I walk into a room, and he is laying on in a room that is stone walls on a slab. And he's about 12 or 13. A lot of Indian people in India don't know their birthday. He would not know his because he had been to two or three orphanages because once he would, when, when he first was found out that he had AIDS, they, they put him out in the street. And Indian people, when they find out that you have a sickness that's uncurable, they literally take the child and put them out on the street and the parents walk away from them. Well, then somebody comes and finds them and takes them to an orphanage, and then that orphanage finds out that they have, you know, HIV or something like that, and they take him and put him on the street and walk away from it. So he finds out, so he, he finds himself at the Freedom Foundation, which was actually run by Christians, but it was owned by Hindus, but it was run by Christians. And they told me he was about to die. I walk in. He sees me. And he, he brightens up. I stay there for about five days. And then I leave. And they tell me that he lived another year. He started gaining weight. He lived another year. And then uh, he passed away. And uh, they didn't tell me uh, that he uh, had passed away and that they did a funeral, Hindu funeral for him until after it was all done. So um, I still today in my office have a picture of me holding him and the turkey beanie baby and the multicolored shirt. I actually held him so long that day I fell asleep in the orphanage. And, you know, you think of people like Mother Teresa who reaches out to these kinds of people. And you say, well, I don't agree with what the Catholics teach. Well, you don't have to agree with what the Catholics teach. But can I tell you something? God calls us to show mercy. He does not call us to determine what people believe theologically. Again, I always tell you, you love them, you let God judge them. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? You love them, and you let God judge them. Well, I got to move on. Listen, I want to put this... I want you to see this one verse, and I'm going to let you go. Proverbs, put that verse back up for me, please. Proverbs 3, 4. I want you to see something. I want you to see something here. Let not mercy, are y'all looking at the verse? Let not mercy and truth. Notice mercy and truth are together. Huh? You see that? Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablets of your heart. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. Listen, mercy is ranked with truth. Proverbs, notice, ties mercy and truth together. According to Proverbs, God holds mercy as high as he holds his truth. And we know how high God holds his truth. Proverbs, Psalm 38, 
2 tells us God has exalted his truth, his word, to the very height of his name. There is nothing more important to God than truth. There's nothing more dangerous than someone armed with truth and no mercy. Somebody say amen. There's nothing more. Da- I'll wait while you clap your hands because that's true. There's nothing more dangerous than someone armed with truth and no peace, truth and no grace, truth and no love, truth and no mercy. Truth is important and it's imperative and it must tie with mercy. Why? Because God is true and God is merciful. And Jesus came to us in grace and in mercy too. But the verse says he came to us in grace and what? In truth. The mercy of God is as great And I don't know that we ever thought about it like that, but you should think about it like that because that's what the Bible says. The mercy of God is as great as the truth of God. And if it weren't, then the truth would crush us immediately. So thank God for mercy. Thank God for those who have the gift of mercy. And if you have the gift of mercy, I decree and declare that you will use it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.